this be one of the best moments of your life. You're listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business with Senior Editor Dennis Estopase. Good day. Welcome to the Business Mirror Being Broader Look Podcast. Today we podcast the Broader Look story titled, Philippine Climate Change Policy, It's in the Air. The story was written by Business Mirror reporter Jonathan Mayuga and was published on April 22, 2021. For the text version online, please go to the Business Mirror website and search for Broader Look. For the print edition, please read the Business Mirror newspaper. Let's get on with the story. Angela Ibai is disappointed. Ibai, a lawyer and a member of the Worldwide Fund for Nature Philippines or WWF, said so days before the country's 13th Earth Day celebration on April 22. Ibai said in a statement, while the WWF appreciates the commitments made by the Philippine government, they also note with disappointment that only 2.71% of the 75% emission reduction target remains unconditional, while the remaining 72.29% is conditional. Ibai was referring to the country's Nationally Determined Contribution, or NDC, that it submitted last April 15 to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. This gives much space for the possibility that the nationally determined contribution targets will not be met in full, Ibai said. Climate action must be among the country's top priorities as the lives of millions of Filipinos will continue to be affected otherwise, the lawyer added. The effects are already being felt. It's in the air. Last year, based on the IQ Air report, the average air quality in the Philippines is 52 U.S. Air Quality Index, or AQI, which refers to the color classification of yellow, or description of moderate. This means that air quality is acceptable, but there may be a risk for some people, particularly those who are unusually sensitive to air pollution. To note, the U.S. AQI is the index of the United States Environmental Protection Agency, or EPA, for reporting air quality. Based on the information posted on a website pertaining to AQI basics, an AQI value of 50 or below represents good air quality. An AQI value of over 300 represents hazardous air quality. The U.S. EPA establishes an AQI for five major air pollutants, namely ground-level ozone, particle pollution, also known as particulate matter or PM, including PM2.5 and PM10, sulfur dioxide, and nitrogen dioxide. According to the greenfacts.org website, nitrogen oxide is part of a group of gaseous air pollutants produced as a result of road traffic and other fossil fuel combustion processes. Its presence in air contributes to the formation and modification of other air pollutants such as ozone and particulate matter and to acid rain, the greenfacts.org website said. For each pollutant, an AQI value of 100 generally corresponds to an ambient air concentration that equals the level of the short-term national ambient air quality standard for the protection of public health. AQI values at or below 100 are generally thought of as satisfactory. When AQI values are above 100, air quality is unhealthy. 
At first, for certain sensitive groups of people, then for everyone as AKY values get higher. The data sources for the Philippines' air quality include mainly the Department of Environment and Natural Resources, or DENR, with its eight air quality monitoring stations. The others are with the following. Rayan Group of Companies with one station, SunWest Construction and Development Corporation with one station, UniOil Petroleum Philippines Incorporated with 15 stations, and an anonymous source with five stations. Last year, Calamba, Laguna was designated as having the cleanest city with 24 AQI, while the most polluted was Mekawayan in Bulacan, which had an AQI of 83. Globally, the Philippines ranked 70 out of 106 countries ranked in terms of air pollution in 2020. A greatly improved air quality is one of the benefits of the community quarantine put in place by the government last year. As mobile and stationary sources of pollution stops operation, the pollution levels dramatically went down, DNR data revealed. The DNR's own air quality monitoring stations tell the same good news, especially during the first two months when a community quarantine was strictly implemented in Luzon beginning March 17 last year. According to Environmental Management Bureau Director William Cunado, the situation is reflected in the real-time air quality monitoring stations in various parts of Metro Manila. Cunado told the Business Mirror that during the lockdown, almost all stations are green, which means the air quality was good. He attributed this to almost zero pollution coming from the transportation sector, with motor vehicles being the source of about 80% of air pollution. Imagine the hundreds of thousands of vehicles that stop plying the roads of Metro Manila, Cunado said. Also, all other sources of pollution, like the manufacturing sector, stopped operations. Sadly, the benefits of community quarantines to air quality proved to be only temporary. As the government slowly opened up the economy and the roads to vehicles, so was the dumping of toxic air pollutants slowly returned. A special report by Greenpeace Philippines said that on May 16, or two months after the government eased restrictions from Enhanced Community Quarantine, ECQ, to Modified ECQ, they saw the return of motor vehicles around the national capital region. Air pollution returned. With the worsening air quality in various parts of the world comes the realization a time will come that even without COVID-19, people may still need to wear a face mask or worse, with an oxygen tank in tow. Incidentally, the theme of Earth Day 2021, a global event held since 1970, is Restore Our Earth. It became an official celebration in the Philippines after President Gloria Arroyo issued Proclamation 1481, declaring April 22 of every year as the country's Earth Day. However, the emission of too much toxic air pollutants via the shrinking forest cover reduced the country's carbon absorption capacity. For years, this combination had also undermined the country's capacity to produce oxygen to replenish the environment with clean, breathable air. From an estimated forest cover of about 12 million hectares in 1960, the Philippines' forest cover is now slightly above only 7 million hectares, or roughly just half of the 15 million hectares classified as forest land. 
The efforts to reverse the tide of deforestation in the Philippines suffered a huge setback under the Duterte administration. With a 2 billion peso average annual cut in funds for reforestation projects in the last five years. As the government focuses on protecting its existing forest cover more than attempting to expand through massive tree planting activities, an estimated 100,000 hectares of additional forest cover for each year, or a total of 500,000 hectares of additional forest cover in the last five years, was inadvertently lost. Ricardo Calderon, Executive Director of the Asian Forest Cooperation Organization, or AFOCO, underscored the importance of putting a stop to deforestation and fast-tracking reforestation efforts to restore the planet back to health. Forests serve both as a carbon sink and provides oxygen for cleaner air, Calderon, a forestry expert, said. According to Calderon, the organization is now focusing on restoration of drought-prone areas as these are prone to major environmental perturbations such as El Nino, extreme rainfall, wildfire including pests and diseases. Existing water shortages in these drought-prone areas are projected to increase owing to population increase, land cover change due to human activities, and as well as climate change, Calderon added. The DNR said it continues to strengthen its air quality monitoring system to ensure that the environment and public health are protected from air pollution. This the department does through the Environmental Management Bureau, or EMB, which sets air quality standards and monitors ambient and point source pollutants. The EMB has a total of 75 air quality monitoring stations that are strategically located in 16 regions nationwide. 34 of these stations are capable of continuous online monitoring while 41 use manual methods of sampling. Through the air quality monitoring stations, the public can also monitor real-time air quality in various parts of the country. The air quality monitoring stations are capable of measuring air pollutants, particularly PM10, or particulate matter that is smaller than 10 micrometers in diameter, and PM2.5, whose diameter is 2.5 micrometers or less. Fifteen of these stations in eight regions are also capable of measuring gaseous air pollutants such as carbon monoxide, nitrogen oxide, and sulfur oxide. However, Cunado said the EMB is still working to enhance the capacity to monitor PM2.5. Cunado explained that the monitoring of PM2.5 is being prioritized by the EMB because the tiny inhalable particles are able to travel deeply into the respiratory tract, reaching the lungs. These fine particles pose the greatest risk to human health, according to Cunado. The current ambient air quality guideline values for PM2.5 are 50 micrograms per normal cubic meters for average 24-hour short-term monitoring and 25 micrograms per normal cubic meters for an average one-year long-term monitoring. Currently, the air quality standards for PM2.5 are being reviewed and updated by the Interagency Committee for Environmental Health, chaired by the Department of Health and vice-chaired by the DENR. Also, the interagency body is also reviewing the emission standards for stationary or industrial air pollution sources. Cunado said what they want to do is to be able to measure air pollution in major roads, 
separately from industrial and commercial areas, so the EMB will know the contribution of mobile sources like motor vehicles and stationary air pollution sources. Such strategy, he added, will help the DNR come up with a more informed decision and program on how to address air pollution at source. Asked to rate the government's accomplishments in managing the country's air quality, Kevin Yu of Greenpeace Southeast Asia told the Business Mirror that the government started on a high note with the passing of the Clean Air Act of 1999. That law, Republic Act 8749, established standards for hazardous pollutants and banned polluting practices such as incineration. However, the Philippines still lag behind in the implementation of the law and its provisions, such as updating standards regularly, you told the Business Mirror. You, who is Greenpeace Climate Change and Energy Campaigner, said that for almost two decades, the standards for air pollutants such as PM2.5, PM10, and sulfur oxide from stationary sources were not updated. He said that by law it should be revised every two years to be able to respond to new research and global standards. You said it was only in 2020 that a revision was made for PM2.5 air standards. You emphasize that the government is mandated to address air pollution, but it has yet to make significant strides to provide Filipinos with better air quality. As the number of air pollution monitoring stations are limited, you told the business mirror. The public will not feel safe if they don't know if the air they are breathing is clean or not, you said. According to you, by Greenpeace's own account, the Philippines only has a fleet of 55 government-owned PM2.5 monitoring stations. According to you, 22 are stationed in Metro Manila, while some are not strategically located in areas with high PM2.5 concentrations, such as major highways and coal plants. Bataan, which houses major megawatt coal plants, has a lone PM2.5 monitor for the whole province, you told the business mirror. The government, you said, should not wait for the pandemic to end before prioritizing air pollution. It is an ongoing crisis affecting everyone, you said. The solutions will both solve air pollution and contribute in addressing the climate crisis. Greenpeace, along with other advocates of clean air, have identified a set of demands for the Duterte administration. The demands include a declaration that air pollution is a national issue and, hence, order all line agencies involved in air quality monitoring and regulation to prioritize the issue. You added there should be enhanced transparency in expediting the review and updating of the air pollution standards under the Clean Air Act. The government, you said, should also issue a moratorium on all permits to operate air pollutant installations, especially for proposed coal power plants, until the ambient air quality guideline values and standards and emission standards are updated. Greenpeace and other environmental organizations based in the Philippines joined advocates across the globe in challenging governments to honor commitments under the Paris Agreement. The agreement, signed on December 12, 2015, seeks to limit global warming to well below 2 degrees Celsius, preferably to 1.5 degrees Celsius, compared to pre-industrial levels. EBI said the WWF is calling on all stakeholders to work together to take commitments even further and to act upon them. 
Iba said the Philippines is running out of time in the fight against climate change and its islands will be among the worst affected should it fails to change course now. She emphasizes that the Duterte government must act swiftly with higher ambition and with a great sense of urgency. Hopefully, on Earth Day 2025, Ibai would not be disappointed. Thank you for listening to the Business Mirror Podcast for a broader look on business. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Business Mirror. Until next time.